Hey everyone, please be advised that this episode contains discussions around spiritual abuse, religious trauma, and other sensitive topics. The content may be distressing or triggering for some individuals, so if you feel uncomfortable or find these discussions distressing, we invite you to prioritize your mental health and well-being and consider skipping this episode. This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings, and I am your host. This episode is going to be about healing and the steps that I took to be able to start letting go of some of my traumas and be able to move forward towards a much more healthier and happier life. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Touchy Subjects podcast. So glad that you are here with me. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you about my healing journey. If I'm being honest, I have tried recording this episode, I think this is the fourth time, and it never quite hit right. For those of you that aren't familiar with my background, I'm a producer. And so, The majority of my career has been being the person behind the mic and not in front of it. So I know when something hits and something does not, and it never quite felt right. Until a few days ago, I went into a healing session and the healer that I was working with, she said, you've had a cap on your head that has been binding you from being able to get clarity. And it also hinders you from receiving any kind of downloads or channeling anything. And I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And I could tell after that session that I started getting more clarity. I started being able to think a little bit easier and This, my friend, is why I work with healers. Now, before I get really into the deep part of this episode, I want to give a few disclaimers. Those of you that are Bible-believing Christian, you may think, blasphemy, nobody's a healer but Jesus. Well, I understand what you're thinking, But here's where I would like to shift your perspective. Doctors are healers. God gave doctors education. They gave them natural abilities. They've given them learned abilities to be able to help us heal our bodies and heal our minds. Same thing for energy workers. God has given these healers intuitive abilities Like you would not believe you're going to hear from some of the people that I've worked with over the past couple of years during this season, and you are going to be blown away. And this is all a gift from God, from source. Like this is not something that is in and of themselves. They all credit God. And I think that We all have the ability to heal ourselves through the power of God, of course. 
but we are all healers just in different ways. You know, what's hilarious is I actually have a tattoo that says healer on my arm. And I really didn't realize what I was doing. I got this tattoo after I'd had some really serious health issues and I got it on the arm that the vein that they would always go to for blood, they could never get the blood out. And so I got the tattoo right there at where they take blood on your arm as a reminder that God is our healer and he still heals today. I am living proof that God still heals and he performs miracles in modern day. And I want to share with you some of these miracles that have happened in my own life in this episode. But I did not get these healings and these miracles from just sitting at home on the couch in despair. No, it took aligned action. And so we're going to talk about that in this episode. The first thing I want to address is that there's a certain amount of awareness that needs to take place in order for healing to come about. And I say this because if we are unaware that there's an issue to be healed, then we're just going to let it sit. In healing, things have to come up to the surface in order to heal. That's why we get triggers. Triggers are little notifications from the heart letting us know that something needs healing. And unless we are aware that healing needs to take place, it's probably not going to happen. And so awareness is a key part of my story. I had that situation at the one church where my best friend is telling me you're being abused. I've worked in other churches as well. And in order for me to be able to move forward and forgive, yikes, I had to forgive that pastor. And I have, and I love them. It doesn't make it right. And I hope they never do it to anybody else. But it took the awareness of this hurts and something has to happen before it goes into anger, bitterness, and resentment. And I'll be honest with you, it went there for a minute. Up front, it was very raw. It wasn't until I started cutting cords with the church that I was able to let some of that go. Cutting cords is such an important tool that we have available to us to be able to heal. A lot of times you hear about cutting cords when it comes to toxic relationships, whether it be with your significant other or with a narcissistic parent or sibling or boss. <laughs> Generally, whenever you're talking about cutting cords, you're talking about cutting them with a person that has harmed you or that is trying to like suck the energy out of you. Well, I had to cut cords with an institution because the institution of the church is what 
I had so much anger and resentment towards. Because, like I said in other episodes, I've been in over a thousand churches. Most of them are the same. 99% of them are the same. And when I realized that early on in my career, it made me realize that this is how it's going to be in every church that I walk into the doors of. And so whenever I started thinking about that in association with my trauma, I'm like, this is what I'm going to deal with anytime I walk through the doors of a church. So why should I walk through the doors of a church? That's literally my thinking process. At least it was my thinking process pre-healing. I had to remove myself from church so that I could heal. You know, they talk about the church is the hospital for the hurting, and I call bull on that. The church needs to do its own healing before it can be a hospital for anybody. I had to remove myself from the environment that I was hurt in so that I could separate myself. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes it's not church. Sometimes it's your corporate job, or it could be a relationship, or it could be a family situation. Those of us that have deconstructed know what it's like to walk into a room full of family members that completely disapprove of your existence or your belief systems or whatever it is that you're going through. They're just going to look at you like you have three heads. And sometimes we have to remove ourselves from those environments for our own mental health. And that's okay. I have not been in church in three years. Now, granted, there was a pandemic in there. But either way, three years. And in that time, instead of going to church, I've been focusing my intention on healing Like I said, awareness has to take place before healing can happen. But once something has come up to heal, we have to take action. We have to take steps towards that healing. You know, I do believe in instantaneous healing. I've seen it with my own eyes. We had a drummer in one of the groups I toured with. And this drummer, I mean, he is one of the best musicians in Nashville, literally, insane talent. And I will never forget, he had a open wound on his thumb. He had a sore on his thumb that was like oozing and pussing and it was completely infected. He refused to go to the doctor until one day I took him to the doctor because I'm like, nope, we're going to take care of this because if we don't, it's going to get worse. Finally took him to the ER and they tell him he needs his thumb amputated. Guess what? You're not going to be able to play the drums very easily without a thumb. Because why? That's a part of the hand that holds the stick. So that was a moment for all of us as a band to be like, yo, we got to reach heaven because he can't lose his thumb. I mean, granted, there's how many drummers out there in the world that are professionals that can do the job? Yes, but that's not the point. We want our drummer to get healed. So I will never forget, we went into church prayer meeting, literally. There just happened to be a prayer meeting at the church that we worked at. And we go after the ER, and there's this woman at the prayer meeting, and she's like a legit prophet. 
And I don't say that lightly. <laughs> There's a lot of cons out there. This woman is the real deal. And so this woman laid hands on him. And we literally watched that wound shrink. And it dried up. And he had no more issues. And he still has his thumb. And he's still one of the best drummers in Nashville. Healing happens. Miracles happen today. This isn't a story from 2,000 years ago. This was a story from 2014. And so I say this to let you know that healing is possible. You just have to take steps towards it. And while, you know, in my Pentecostal upbringing, I was kind of led to believe that healing is always instantaneous. Like, in my mind, healing looks like a Benny Hinn service with a prayer line out the door, all the way to the back of the house, you know, where he swings his suit coat around and everybody falls out in the spirit and they're healed like that. And that's not real healing. I mean, it, it, it worked for them. But a lot of that was also manipulation and um, a little bit staged. Uh, probably, yeah, we'll just leave that there. But healing is not a Benny Hinn service. Healing is a journey. It is something that takes time. It is not a linear journey either. <laughs> There are days where you will take two steps forward and then the next day you will take four steps back. And that's completely normal. I think the thing that I have to tell you in this moment is that you cannot put pressure on yourself to heal. You have to let it happen. You kind of almost have to like detach from the healing and just leave it to God. Like this is that surrender part that I really suck at. I'll never forget the first time I did a healing session with Amanda Stedman. Amanda is one of the best neuro-linguistic programming hypnotherapists in the world. She's a best-selling author. I had her on last season, and I absolutely love Amanda. And she is amazing at what she does, but I will never forget, I was in and out of our first session. We did hypnotherapy. And... I remember when I was in that I had a hard time surrendering. And once I was able to surrender, that's where the healing took place. That's when I started seeing all the colors swirling around. That's when I could see the angels. That's when I literally felt God tangibly for the first time in my life was in that hypnotherapy session. But we cannot force healing. We can take action steps towards it. We can set our intentions. But then we have to detach from the end game. The best advice that I can give you is to find people to work with. Find healing modalities that can help whatever it is that you're dealing with. If you are... Dealing with depression, you can't ashwagandha your way out of that. <laughs> as much as the wellness industry wants you to believe that, you've got to see a therapist or a counselor 
to get help and sometimes get medicine. I don't know why mental illness medications are so demonized. They shouldn't be. If you have a heart problem, you're going to take that medication. It's the same thing with our mental health. If you need healing around your trauma, find somebody to work with. Find somebody who works in EMDR. Find somebody who does NLP. NLP helped me so much with my trauma because it rewired the subconscious part of our brain that deals with triggers. I will never forget, after my first session with Amanda, I had been having panic attacks daily. And after that one session with her, they were gone. I mean, gone in an instant. It was the craziest thing, but also one of the best things in my life. You want to work with somebody who can help you clear your energy. Because we get blocked up. Like I said, I, I had a cap on my head. And that was stemming from a trigger that was stemming from my religious trauma. I got triggered because I went to a networking event two weeks ago. And this man was very, very aggressive with me in the DMs on Zoom, of all places. And that was an instant trigger because of my sexual harassment history. And that's when I go to my healers and I say, this is what I'm dealing with. How can you help me? And sometimes it may not be through energy clearing. It may be we need to talk through it. Sometimes just having another listening ear that cares and is not there to give you anything but a listening ear, that's talk therapy, essentially. But whenever you work with a healer, they can actually go in there. They can rewire your brain. Another thing that I've used is Reiki actually looking at getting certified in Reiki because it is such a helpful modality. One, to be able to do on yourself. I'll let y'all know how that goes. But all Reiki is, is it's literally the laying on of hands. You can do it virtually or you can do it in person, but it's putting your hands over certain chakra points and being able to clear the stuck energy, the stuck emotions. See, the thing is, and this is not something we're taught in church. It's not even something we're taught in school, but our bodies, they hold onto our emotions if we do not properly process them out. Our emotions get stuck. Last year, I did a Reiki session with a Reiki master friend of mine. And at that time, I had COVID and pneumonia. And that was my fifth time having COVID and my third time having pneumonia in like a 18-month window. And the Reiki master, her name is Maria, she tells me, well, you know... When you're dealing with grief, you hold that grief in your lungs. That's where it stores that sadness. And what I didn't tell her is like literally the night before, 
I was upset. I was crying. I was sad because I was grieving my career, my career in church. I was grieving it. And she actually gave me a beautiful little ritual where I had to take some dying flowers. Somebody had brought me flowers because I was sick. I waited for them to die. And then she said, you need to take them to a body of water. So whether that's an ocean, a lake, a river, a pond, whatever is close to you. She said, take them to the nearest body of water and release them into the water. And as you release it, you're letting go of that grief and that sadness. And I will never forget. I actually have video. I will make sure to post the video and pictures when I release this episode. But I actually have a a video. There was this black cat. I went to the park down the street from the house, literally less than a mile from my house. And this black cat, which I've never seen before. I'm not a cat person, P.S., by the way. I am allergic to cats. (laughs) And I get to the path to walk down to the pond And this black cat is sitting there, and I'm like, hmm, hi, kitty. (laughs) You stay over there. Well, that cat decides to follow me all the way down to the pond. The pond is probably about a 100-foot walk from the entrance of the path to the pond. And that cat followed me the entire way. It basically escorted me to the pond. (laughs) And I literally said to the cat, okay, what ancestor of mine is inside of this cat? (laughs) What spirit is trying to communicate with me? And the the cat was super sweet because you know how sometimes cats can be uh, rather testy. No, this cat was like trying to play with me. It would cut me off and like try to walk with me and like rub up on me at a few points. Like you could tell that the cat was there to support me. In this moment, which I'm like dying because I am not a cat person. So I get off the path. That cat stays on the path like this. I I cannot make this up. The cat stays on the path and I walk to the pond, which is just a few feet away. And I said my little prayer. I released the flowers into the water. And as I turned around to walk back to the path, I felt this shift. It was almost like a kind of feeling. Like I turned and I felt that I left that grief with the flowers in the water. And it was powerful. And then the cat escorted me back to my car. I left, never seen the cat again. But that shift, I have not grieved my career since then. That's healing. Sometimes it's taking the little steps. It's a step of faith. Now, I know that that is incredibly cliche. And I know that if you're deconstructing, that's probably the last thing you want to hear because it sounds so Christianese. But this has nothing to do with church and nothing to do with Christianity and everything to do with healing and letting go. I let go of those flowers. I let go of my grief and my sadness. And I turned around and walked in the other direction. 
And sometimes that's what we have to do in life. We have to turn around and go another direction to get our healing and to get back on track for where we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be on this earth as a good human. We have to take small steps towards our healing. I've worked with probably 10 different healers. There's so many different modalities out there. Like I had no idea because, you know, I'm pretty sheltered. I was raised in church and that's all I've ever known. And then once I decided to deconstruct and leave the church, that's where I kind of met God. I met God outside of the church. Not that I didn't know God before, but like, this is real. This is tangible. I can feel it in many ways. Healing is not linear. It's not going to look the same for you as it did for me. I think that we all have various degrees of trauma. Some have trauma with a capital T. Some have trauma with a lowercase t. And different levels of trauma require different levels of healing modalities. We have to find people to work with, find modalities to work with, find different tools. Like I use human design. I love human design. Human design tells me so much. It tells me how I should be eating. It tells me how I manifest. It tells me all different kinds of things about how I can be in alignment with my true self. I love human design. And there's all these tools out there for us to be able to use, to be able to better ourselves. The Enneagram is another one. I love the Enneagram. I think human design is a little bit more accurate, but the Enneagram is still very, very good if that's more of your speed, if you don't get into the astrology stuff. So if I can give you any kind of takeaway from this episode, I hope that you will, one, be aware of what's going on internally and externally and how it's affecting you. And listen. Listen to your heart. Listen to your mind. Listen to your body. It will help you to be more in tune with yourself. And then whenever things come up that need to be healed, take action towards healing it. Find somebody to work with, whether it's a therapist, a counselor, a healer, an energy worker, hypnotherapist, all of these things we have at our disposal to be able to use. And that's how God made it so tangible for us to be able to heal. So I'm going to put a few links to people that I know and love and trust that I've worked with in the show notes. Feel free to check them out. You can always DM me if you have a question or need a referral. I know a lot of people, whether you want a licensed therapist, counselor, 
or if you want a healer. I'm very well connected and I want to see people heal. And that's, I think, my mission on this planet. And so if I can help you in any way, I would love to do it. Feel free to message me. But if you can, if you know somebody that needs to hear this episode, please share it with them. Because again, we all need healing. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Touchy Subjects podcast. If you would like more information about what we do and who we are and how you can get involved, check out our website, www.letstalktouchysubjects.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.